0: everyone, and welcome to episode number 92 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I am your host and humble guide, Keila Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 145 of Rest continues. Happy Wednesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was NXT going down live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And I've got to be honest, this was a very dry episode of nxt it was just every developmental show you've ever seen on usa for the last year or so one good match one good match only everything else epitomized developmental it felt like one of those four-hour tapings that the OG fans would sit through a full cell back in the day, and it's that third taping that really tests your resolve as a fan because you are unenthusiastic, you're tired, you're ready to go home, but that fourth show, that go home for a takeover just lifts your spirits. It felt like that kind of show last night. The third show of four tapings, and it was just dreary. The crowd reactions were pretty muted outside of the main event, but this was a very by-the-numbers, Pedestrian edition of NXT with one very unfortunate injury, which I'll get to shortly. But first off, let's kick things off with the reigning defending NXT champion Bondbreaker comes out to praise Wesley for winning the NXT North American Championship at Halloween Havoc nearly two weeks ago. Show some love to Julius Creed as well for surviving the ambulance match against Damon Kemp, that leads to pretty deadly coming out to say, what about us? What about our tag team championship defense last week against Idris Inoufe and Malik Blade? We deserve the spotlight just as much as you do, if not more so. We're the moment. We're the tag team. We're the best. So Wesley comes out to join in on this party of saying who deserves a spotlight more. And the fans are not really interacting or popping for this segment, they're kind of dry for it because the comedy is so-so at best. And then Bond Breaker and Wesley sarcastically give Pretty Deadly the floor to speak because in classic WWE angles, somebody's bound to come out to interrupt you and challenge a champion or champions to a title match, and that's exactly what Breaker and Wesley did. They challenged Pretty Deadly for a shot at the NXT Tag Team Championships, which was the main event of last night's show. Very curious booking because you have two champions in Braun Breaker and Wesley who should not be losing right now. And you got Pretty Deadly who should not be losing their tag team titles right now. A very random matchup, which served as a very good main event. But at the same time, it felt like It came out of nowhere and the jokes in between did not land and it really produced a very, dry atmosphere to kick off last night's show. It did get better when R-Truth came out singing his theme song What's Up Gotta Love It against Grayson Waller and this match took a sharp turn in the wrong direction as well when R-Truth went for a flip dive on the outside to Grayson Waller and he did not clear the airspace. He took a bad bump and I think he blew out his knee. It's not confirmed yet but he was not moving well. We went picture in picture immediately and you got to see a lot of stuff behind the scenes the referee talking to Grayson Waller the camera was off R-Truth for a bit, but right before we came back from break, medical personnel was checking on him and Alicia Taylor told the crowd that R-Truth was not medically clear to compete and the win would go to Grayson Waller. Just a very unfortunate moment because R-Truth has had a couple of great weeks back on WWE television and for him to have this injury is very sad to see. He was pretty much injury-free the majority of his career in WWE unless I'm missing something. He has been pretty damn durable and just something like this happens and i know he's 50 something years old and you think you still got the air to clear the space over the ropes did not happen last night and it was just sucky because he's so good at being an entertainer and making us laugh and giving us many wonderful moments. But this one was a very somber one. So he was wishing our truth, a very speedy recovery from whatever injury he suffered last night on NXT. Next up was Vic Joseph sitting down for an interview with the schism. He was creeped out by it, but I got to give credit to Ava Rain, AKA Simone Johnson for being good in her role. She had presence. She spoke well. She wasn't nervous. She talked about how she was a part of the PC class of 2018 or 2019, I believe. And she's been putting in that work for three plus years. But nobody really cared about her when she was injured. Nobody reached out besides the schism and that people are trying to use her family name to get ahead. But we never hear the family name directly. So at some point, you got to acknowledge your lineage. And if I'm going to be promoting a fourth gen star on NXT to be a future superstar in WWE as a whole, I'm going to modify the name. Either it's going to be Ava Rain Johnson or Ava Simone Johnson to clarify who the fuck she is. Vic Joseph is telling the schism, oh my God, guys, the press for adding Ava to your crew. Well, the outside world might not know who she is. Ava Rain is not synonymous with Dwayne The Rock Johnson's daughter, Simone Johnson. You got to put that out there at some point. It's like Bronny James entering the NBA draft in two or three years. He's going to change his name because LeBron is father and you don't want to be attached to greatness. That's stupid. You got to acknowledge people's backgrounds. I know trademarks and intellectual property. Is a very serious thing in WWE when it comes to government names and work names. And they've loosened that up a bit under the Triple H administration. And I think they should do the same for Ava Rain At some point, you got to just put it out there. She's Dwayne's daughter. She's got to embrace that last name. I think she wants to, but WWE's funny with the names. I think about Braun Breaker. I would love for him to be Braun Steiner or Rex Steiner on the main roster someday because Braun Breaker don't sound right headlining a WrestleMania. Even though I love the guy as a wrestler, the name is still so-so at best. You say he's a Steiner, say it, embrace it, and call it a day. That's all we ask for as fans. Don't insult our intelligence and I just want them to give Ava Rain her name. So I just wished that WWE goes back to using people's names to really clarify who they are and get them over. Give them a proper spotlight. Those in a know know, some don't know. And you have to really lean in on that. You've got a fourth gen star, arguably one of your top five biggest stars in the history of your company. And you're doing this. Thankfully, she carries via her presence and her performance verbally. We'll see what she can do in the ring. But don't play me saying, oh, all the variety we got off for what her name, which isn't her name. A choice, even though the delivery by Ava Rain was pretty good during this backstage interview as she embraces a cult that seems to love her for her for now. Next up is Odyssey Jones versus Javier Barnell. And this match was a nice showcase for the returning Odyssey Jones, who has returned for the first time in 10 months due to a ruptured patella injury earlier this year. He comes through by beating up Barnell, lands a spinning power slam on Barnell for the win. Nice showcase for Odyssey Jones. And hopefully he will regain the push he was getting on NXT 2 Parnell before the injury earlier this year as he's back in a new environment with some new... Rules and regulations when it comes to growth and the timetable one has to get better before getting cut. And thinking of that and speaking of that, we got to talk about Chase U. We lost a member of Chase U as Bodie Hayward was released from WWE a couple of days ago. NXT releases are not made public, they come out on their own time via various members of the wrestling media, and it was confirmed by him that he was cut, but he has 30 days to sit at home, chill, and then he'll resume his career by working in the indie scene and see where he can go from there. It was a stunning cut because he does have a lot of charisma and I don't know exactly what happened, but we'll get more scoop on that in the weeks to come. So with Bodhi gone from Chase U, who steps in to wave that flag on behalf of the best fake for profit university in America, none other than new student, Duke Hudson, and he escorts Andre Chase and Thea Hell as Hell faces Kiana James one-on-one. The match existed. At one point, Kiana lands a bulldog on Thea Hell for the win, but Duke puts Thea's foot on the ropes in front of the referee, and Andre does not like this. Andre does not adhere to cheating at his school. He tells Duke Hudson to kick rocks. He does so, and that allows Keanu James to land the 401k flatliner on Thea Hale for the win. After the match is over, Charles Dempsey returns and attacks Andre Chase from behind. Dukatson makes the save, and he offers his hand to Thea Hale, and the fans ooh and ah at that, like, uh-oh. Is romance in the air? Could it be love? Possibly. And let me tell you something. Earlier this year, Dukatzen and Persia Parada, they was getting in backstage. He can kiss. It has been confirmed. So we know Duke's gonna deliver horny hours when need be, if it gets to that. But I honestly believe this is some kind of next level scheme, possibly by Duke to help Kiana James buy the property of Chase U. And then he has a guilty conscience and a change of heart by falling for Thea Hell. Perfect love story, right? We need another one of these after index. And for that, I am shipping this to the moon to quote Cameron Grimes. Next up is the one-year anniversary of Mandy Rose becoming NXT Women's Champion. We get a video package. Mandy comes out and she looks stunning, per the usual, alongside the rest of Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and Jessie Jane, of course. And Mandy lets us know, like for years, all you saw was eye candy. I was something to look at, to lust after. But I put in that work, and that's why I say you gotta put some respect on my name. Cause the best decision I ever made was coming back here two years ago to change the game. To be the baddest bitch in the game to run through the entire NXT women's locker room time and time and time again you line them up I knock them all down because that's how great I am that's why I'm the champ for a year and it's about time people respect the work the grind the hustle to be this great so Mandy was talking her shit Rightfully so. And then Albafire comes out to beat down Jesse Jane and Gigi Dolan with baseball bat shots, takes out an extra as well before landing the Gory Bomb special on Gigi Dolan and Albafire Les Mandy DeRosano. This week it was Gigi. Next week it's JC and two weeks it's you as I take your NXT. Women's Championship. So we'll see in two weeks if Alba Fire can dethrone Mandy Rose. I will say that you had a chance to do so at Halloween Havoc. You had those ladies in a haunted house. You beat them all down, had Mandy dead to rights. And somehow, way, Gigi and JC got out of that damn haunted house and came back to haunt you with the high low to cost you a shot at the championship, and I should care because I do not, and I like Alpha Fire, but this feud jumped the shark and flatlined a Halloween Havoc with that bullshit finish, and now I don't care about the rematch in two weeks time on NXT. Just saying. Next up is Indy Hartwell versus Zoe Stark. This match was fine. I like the chemistry because they have history dating back to their time on opposing tag teams. Andy teaming with Candice LeRae and Zoe teaming with Io Shirai as they went back and forth for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships last year. And the chemistry between Indy and Zoe is still there, which was nice to see. And Indy's adapted a new power-based style, a little rough around the edges, but I love it with clotheslines, suplexes, knee strikes, and big boots. And Zoe lands a flipping on. On Indy 4 Neil fall, and she's angry because she goes back to last week when she had Katana Chance beat with the roll up to become the new NXT women's tag team champions. But she did not realize that Katana made the tag to Kayden Carter, and that decision was reversed by the lead referee. And she still feels some kind of way about to finish the finish of last week's match. So she delivers some nasty boots in the corner to Indy Hartwell. She flips off the top of the announce table, and she is going to powerbomb Mindy through the table. But Nikita Lyons, her tag team partner, talks her down and That's not how we win matches. Yet, Keep your head in the game. Don't do anything stupid. So as Zoe gets back in the ring and delivers a big boot and a forearm strike to the back of Zoe Sark's neck to win the match as Indy's on her longest winning streak as a single star in NXT thus far, and Zoe continues to spiral. I got a feeling next week that if she loses this rematch to Chance and Carter, She's going to flip on a kid alliance. I can feel a heel turn coming and that might be good for Zoe Stark to give her some kind of edge in the NXT women's division moving forward. So nice storytelling in the match which served as one of the few highlights from last night's episode of NXT. Next up is Valentina Feroz versus Corey Jade. And I got to give Valentina credit because she was so sad when Sangha refused to come out with her for emotional support and she was just devastated. She sold that so beautifully. But let me clarify something. We saw Veer Mahan coming to Raw for months up until the night after WrestleMania this year. And he finally came. It was great. But then he was saddled with this lame ass foreign heel gimmick that's so 1985. He's breathing heavy, talking in such a stereotypical way that's so not him. Because when you see him on the gram and on Twitter, he's very clean cut, gorgeous, and is full of charisma. And personality but you don't see that on tv but Sean said listen we're not gonna have our heels who happen to be from a different country be portrayed as foreign menaces they can have range as being clean cut badasses with an edge and I saw that last night with Vera Mahani. came in the screen to say to Sangha you can't be nice to everybody They take your kindness for weakness but the way he said it and how he looked goddamn, he was hot I'm shallow and saying, that man is a thirst trap. And that's what I want to see in my wrestling. It's different. And he came off so smooth and hot. I cannot deny it. So Vera Mahan was a win in my book last night. As I go to Valentina Feroz versus Corey Jade. The match is fine. Valentina does fight back with a nice double knees to Corey Jade for a near fall, goes up top, misses, and Corey Jade lands a set on Valentina, followed by a DDT for the win. She goes after Valentina with a kendo stick until Wendy Chu makes a save. And she does eat a kendo stick shot, but goes after Corey Jade with her own kendo stick a short time later. So this was a fine way to set up a grudge match between Corey Jade and Wendy Chu. Wendy is well-experienced in the ring, and she can give Corey Jade a fight if they have time, of course, on NXT in the not-too-distant future. And now it is time for our main event featuring... Braun Breaker and Wesley teaming up against the NXT Tag Team Champions, Pretty Deadly, for the titles. And this was a fun main event, and Braun Breaker once again shows how great he is by delivering an insane back body drop to Elton Prince. In a great spot. We get double Frankensteiners from Wesley and Breaker to Pretty Deadly as well as we go picture-in-picture. Picture. We come back and Pretty Deadly works over Wesley for a bit. Isolate him away from Bond Breaker. Breaker gets a hot tag. He is running wild on Elton Prince and Kid Wilson. At one point, he lifts up both dudes for a double suplex, which pops a crowd. The loudest they've been all night long. Wesley goes up top. But in doing so, Carmelo Hayes is going to trip him off the ropes behind the referee's back. Bond Breaker is indisposable at the moment, courtesy of Pretty Deadly. And that allows... Elton Prince to roll up. Wesley to retain the NXT tag team titles. Very so-so finished. Wesley's pissed off. He delivers a flip dive to Carmelo Hayes, who does some great HBK overselling and flopping as a brawl backstage. And then Braun Breaker gets booted by Von Wagner, who wants a shot at the NXT Championship. So does Apollo Cruz, as well as JD McDonough. And Choices, that's all I've got. And I don't want to see another multi-person match at NXT deadline. I want this to be one- one, preferably Apollo Crews versus Braun Breaker. That's my dream matchup. Two guys, agile, horses, athletic as hell, going at it. That would be my way to end the year for NXT. If Braun graduates from NXT to the main roster just in time for the Royal Rumble, that'll be great to see. J.D. McDonough has been booked strongly as of late as well. We've seen the match already. Ugh, I'm not feeling it very much, but what I am feeling is the prospects of Dominic Dijakovic returning to Target whoever the NXT champion may be by the end of the year. And I am here for that because he's great and he'll be over with this crowd and he'll get to be Dijak for the first time in two years. And I miss Dijak being Dijak. And with that, this wraps up a pretty lukewarm episode of NXT. Very dry in nature, paint by numbers, the very definition of a developmental show in certain spots, but they're up against the World Series and the NBA with a little NHL on the side. And it's going to get swamped. Now, if this show does a good rating, good for them. We'll see. But it was very, very dry last night. Here's hoping next week's show bounces back in terms of energy and great matches from top to bottom. One can only hope. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 92 of the NXT Nightcap. Recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at There They can find me tweeting and gramming with these podcast shows. The drop on this in my daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown, Back on Fox, and AEW Rampage going down live on TNT. You know what to do since Receptopia. And follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, I Heard Radio, Situation. Radio, tune up with Amazon, Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 87 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TBS. Until then, enjoy your hump day. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.